Welcome into Barely Educated, episode 61. We are back after a little hiatus. There's not a whole lot going on in the world of the Chicago Bears. There's some news now. I am Mark Jansen, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris Teichler. Chris, how are you? Doing good. Plus, don't forget your doctor, Mark Jansen. The eminent oh, archaeologist. Okay. Drop that every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. It's just been a while. We may have new listeners or people who haven't checked in in a while so there's been a and i'm joined by dr gap. chris Tyson. that's really why <laughs> yeah. he said that right, exactly yeah i wanted to hey but if i say he needs to be doctor then you'll have to call me yeah that was my plan you're right that insolent blackguard yeah, we right. are we have uh we have been busy all these degrees and i'm still too stupid to hire movers because i'm uh, <laughs> moving my, my own family myself with help from friends Expensive man, I can't afford movers with the gas. I'm like paying 12k to move or whatever it would have been. It was crazy though. Yeah, what is gas by you right now? Like 450. What about you? Yeah, about there. It's like 430 range. I mean, listeners are like, we got it for five. I can just hear somebody. Yeah, now, right. Somebody's somebody our Chicago listeners. Over five. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of Chicago, strange times. Yeah. In two days, we are headed up. To the motherland. Oh, yeah, we're gonna spend a week there. My daughter's doing a, a, a week. Conference. You can attend yes. voluntary mini camp. I think I might. I might call my <laughs> friend. Hey, Floose, Floose, I'm ready. Yeah, I know it's Principal Floose. Yeah, I hustle. Well, we're gonna spend a week in the suburbs and uh, see the old uh, college stomping grounds and uh, as many friends and family as we can. Try to go to a, hit a couple goodwills. Up there to get oh, some bears and cub stuff. <laughs> there yeah. you go. It's uh, what's the go-to restaurant? What are you most excited to eat? Uh, some of our favorite uh, pizza joints. Like there's one in Aurora that we loved. And uh, I won't mention the name until they sponsor the pod. Uh, <laughs> no, we should. Let them but, get them to sponsor. Oh, okay, yeah. Amato's Pizza in Aurora. Now we can tag oh, them in the post. So good. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, a couple here in the Portillo's, of course, we've got to yeah, yeah. go to. I'm taking my two of my boys to the Cubs game Tuesday night. Next question. San Diego. We got bleacher seats. My second favorite team, the Padres. In for real, or just because they're playing the Cubs? No, because the Cardinals (laughs) swept them and then they swept the Brewers. So now they're good with me. Yeah. I love the Padres. It was very nice of them. Yeah. Of course, everybody's beating the Brewers here lately, which is (laughs) such a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. Yep. We should get into some baseball later before we yeah. get out of here. Mm-hmm. Or now. We could just do it now, whatever. Well, my team's bad, but I'm still going to see him anyway. I, I can't, let me just do the one thing I wanted to do. That. Yeah. The Cubs and the Cardinals played a very compelling series of five games. They did. They did. Yeah. That was good baseball, mostly. There was one it blowout, was... mostly well-pitched. There's a bunch of good defensive plays, a couple extra innings, games. I mean, I remember years and years of Cousin Nate. Cousin Nate. And I roundly mocking whenever the Cardinals played the Cubs because one of the teams would just be bleh or the baseball would just be bad. Like they just swing at everything and it's just like awful to watch. The Jim Hendry era, those, those, those last couple of years, I remember those just being miserable series because the Cardinals were down a little bit and trotting out guys like Kip Wells to start. And he's got like a <laughs> 70 RA and still it's like a 2-1 game. You're like, this is horrible. Yes. So that was good baseball. And I think the Cubs are feisty, plucky little team that needs their ownership to actually spend on some stars. I don't quite understand the crying poor coming out of the Ricketts family. Yeah, you got some you got some pieces there, I think. 
yeah, that is exciting that there are some young, young pieces that it seems like this Christopher Morell could finally be the leadoff guy that they've been looking for killing it. since uh, what's his name? Uh, the two looks... starters on the doubleheader day, I don't remember their names. I don't follow the Cubs prospects enough, but they were good. They impressed me. Yeah. Especially yeah. the second one. That kid has a live arm. And maybe they're thinking like the Bears, like let's get some young players, and then when they're ready, we spend some money on. Well, you know what I always I say: know. the franchise to emulate is the Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, that did sound. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Mm, that's okay. Oh, okay, that's enough baseball. Uh, hey, can I remind you of something historical about today? Maybe you sure. Saw this. You Today are the is... pod historian, despite me being a historian. Can't <laughs> <wait for> it. <laughs> I'm the historian of useless information. That's me. 25 <laughs> years ago today, June 11th, June 11th, 1997, was the Michael Jordan flu game. Ah, yes. I knew that because everybody's talking about Steph Curry's flu game. 25 last year. night. I, hard to believe it was a quarter century. But of course, if you've seen uh, The Last hard. Dance... Yes. Apparently, according to the last dance, it was food poisoning, he says. Eat the pizza. From a and pizza. he took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You see him sitting there saying mm-hmm. that over mm-hmm. and over again. That was so a great he, show. I enjoyed didn't it. Have the I don't food. know if it was yeah, all that man. accurate, but I enjoyed it for sure. Yes. Eat yeah. the pizza. So anyway, that was my little useless historical fact. Look at that. Baseball day. and basketball before we get to the Bears. What? Yes. What? Welcome to Bully education. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> Bulls. No, no, we're a family show. I'll stop right there. <laughs> All right, Bears. Bears, Bears just Bears. censored himself for the joke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Will he put a beep in when he edits it? That's the question. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. So the Bears are in the news a little bit this week. Yes, they are. And for interesting uh, reason that i didn't know existed a rule that didn't i I didn't know i don't know what to make of it Hmm. so this is voluntary otas previously they had rookie mini camp and then what was the other voluntary thing you know the thing jalen johnson skipped and then Uh, next week is mandatory mini camp so like next week anyone not there is more newsworthy at any rate otas have been interesting because of the coaching maybe it was just the early part of otas where they got in trouble for this i can't remember how this all unfolds sorry there but bottom line the bears lost a practice this week because they were too physical earlier in the off season at a practice and the nflpa penalized them so the players were too physical and the players got a day off that's that's the hope joke and i was like that's kind (laughs) of a weird punishment yeah so like they're uh they're they're not allowed to make contact or not allowed to wear pads or both. go to the ground something like that mm. I don't well they have to be able to make some contact it just led to all sorts of questions for me yeah mm-hmm. um namely i mean i understand the rule because they're trying to preserve their bodies and i'm all for getting yes. to the season with as many players healthy as possible we can all think of years or or whatever when the whole season is basically derailed by an early injury or two or you remember the year where, like, all the quarterbacks got hurt? Yes. There were, like, I eight do. star QBs hurt as the year Manning hurt his neck. And I was like, this is a boring league right now. Well, yeah, because the most important players are hurt. So I don't mind the rule. I, I'm trying to figure out if it was just a dumb accident, the player's going too far, if it's part of the 
change the culture. If Floos is totally fine with it because he wants him playing and practicing harder, like, does anyone actually care? At first, my first reaction, I'll admit, was like, oh, for crying out loud, Bears, can you just not embarrass me in June? <laughs> I don't think that's asking too much. It's June. <laughs> But then as you hear more about what happened and they're just kind of like, yeah, a couple, it sounds like, you know, a wide receiver in a corner are jostling and it's a little too physical. And then it happened a couple of times and then the NFLPA got mad. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So do, do they have to have someone on the team report that or are there NFL people? Uh, they like, were there. That finally came out that the NFLPA oh, had to meet at the I practice too. Oh. Cole Komet is the player's rep on the Bears. And he was, he basically described it as just, kind of the situation i outlined mm-hmm. and so did floos but i mean what are they going to say like oh yeah we're blatantly breaking the rule and they caught us i mean of course they're gonna say it was no big deal like, and i think it probably was <laughs> but should we care i, I don't i don't care i mean i cared at first and the more i found out about it the less i cared yeah i I mean, they're not running, you know, full-on scrimmages or 11-on-11 drills or anything. I mean, they're not in pads. We know they can't do that. They're definitely not doing that. It's like too physical, and a couple guys probably tripped over each other's feet jostling. But I do wonder, like, it reminds me of a bigger topic in a sense, though. How do you evaluate the linemen right now very well? I mean, I coached D-line in high school, and you're going through, like, drills, and you're talking techniques and making sure everybody knows their gap assignments, but – it's so different once the pads are on. I mean, the whole sport is, but especially in the trenches. I mean, you can see like whether receivers got moves to get open. You might be able to see a DN's like first step, especially how do you evaluate O-line? Because the Mm. other big story I would say was Tevin Jenkins getting reps with the twos. Mm. And everybody being like, uh, what? (laughs) You know, like, what? Is this bad? Is he bad? (laughs) that's what people were asking does it mean anything is it just the coach doing his thing where he rotates people in and out Jalen Johnson took reps with the twos which seemed like an obvious message to him for missing the prior thing so what do you make of all that knowing that Tevin Jenkins is getting reps with the two that's a big uh uh-oh well it was just one day like he took reps with the ones before that so why with the twos then is it like a hmm just to get him more reps or to scare him say hey you got to step it up or hogan just you know they're the guys i trust most to follow the beat they they definitely had concerns so i don't want to act like there's no concerns there's they were concerned and this isn't like their most recent episode that was recorded like yesterday or thursday i thursday i think yeah thursday they kind of speculated that of course it's that whole send a message thing first it's not you know you certainly don't want your one of your future core pieces to have this issue, et cetera, et cetera. And um, they, then they went on to like other thoughts, like less likely theories that might make you all feel better kind of thing. <laughs> That's what I Such <laughs> as rotating around mm-hmm. uh, because in the event of an injury, they want to see what Borm can do at right, right side and somebody else can do it left. And so Jenkins is entrenched. So they're moving pieces around just to get a look at guys in the event of an injury. You know, like the year White had to immediately play center and he hadn't played any center type of thing. Yeah. But if that's the case, wouldn't we just give Jenkins a day? Like, would he yeah. still take Rex with the twos? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they just wanted him to keep getting 
some reps, but maybe that's a little too optimistic of a take. But the way Jenkins plays, isn't he the poster child for everything yes. I just mentioned? Yes. Like, this guy's not going to be evaluated in shorts. No. He's a run-blocking, mauler kind of tackle. Mm-hmm. Maybe he blew something in in terms of an assignment, and they were sending a message like, get in the playbook. You know, there's all these, like, scenarios we just don't know. And that's why this time of the year is so – strange as a as a fan who really wants news and wants to follow it a lot like like we do and i assume most of our listeners you just like it you just don't know anything yeah. it's like two weeks ago everybody's like jalen johnson took reps with the twos and then fluce is like yeah i just i moved guys around right well that's... But i'm really excited about kyler gordon and it sure seemed like a message to johnson and everybody kind of yeah. agreed and maybe it's sending a message thing. yeah maybe that's all this is too maybe and now johnson's all... back with the ones yeah and Maybe. Gordon's in the in the building, but not practicing. What's that mm. about? Mm. How is that not an injury, right? Like, and he's got a contract, the, right? Yeah. I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's holding out or anything. No. I don't. I don't remember if they've signed them all, but I, there's no like big drama story. Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of my point, though. Like, it's a tough time of the year to try to have these podcasts because every topic we bring up is so uncertain right like the team's under no obligation to give us all that much info about any of this stuff right now and it's like from now until actual training camp we're kind of in that weird scenario where you want to talk about what's going on but you realize it probably doesn't really most of it matter at all like does it matter that robert quinn's not there no No, robert quinn heard that they're trying super hard i was like nope i'll uh, (laughs) I'll show up when i have to thanks i don't need to do all that and he doesn't yeah, effort's never know. been an issue. Mm-mm. I don't want him getting hurt. If he, if they actually plan on him being a part of the team, I think he still could be traded. Next week will be interesting if he's still holding out. But right now, it's still kind of just like, mm. yeah. I, like I said a couple episodes ago, if he can put up half of his numbers from last season, you are uh, very happy with that. And keeping him off the field until then, I have no problem. Keep him as fresh as possible. Yeah. Unless but they back can. to the back to losing a practice. Is this a problem for a new regime? A bad look? Anything along those lines? I don't think so. I I mean, on the one hand, the meatball in me says, yeah, it's because they're tough defense. Yeah, this coach is gonna classic old style Chicago Bear football. <laughs> the Bears. Woof woof woof. Oh, we're barking now. Yeah, okay, we're barking. Yeah. Yeah. Like the 85 defense. My so only the- concern with it would be if, put that in bold red letters, if we get stories about the team being like irritated by the way they do practice and players being annoyed, because you could say the hits principle is part of this. And then smart was the last one, but it's okay. But the coaching staff doesn't have to be smart. We can totally screw up a practice and it's fine. I could see some drama there if the players are like, what gives? You, you guys cost us a practice. Is there any accountability there, right? Like I could see a scenario where that becomes an issue, but hopefully it won't. I don't think the players seemed all that bothered by, hey, like I said, they got a day off. Yeah. But there is that little angle where I'm like, is any, any of them going to be like, well, we weren't smart in the off season, you know, it's like in the back of the mind or anything. But I think it's probably just much ado about nothing. I think so. And uh- Part of the reason I do, but it is the big that, story this week. Like yeah. undeniably, the big story. It is, but also another. I don't even know if you call this a story, but 
they spent a day at Wrigley Field. The yes, Bears did. We should talk about that. That was fun. And they all seem to just be having a blast. Yep, good chemistry going there. They love exactly. their, their yeah. quarterback. He has more home runs at Wrigley than Jason Hayward now. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> oh, that was my Ooh. that was my friend Sean's joke, but I still have to do it. Hey, yeah, talent borrows, genius steals, right? No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I but mean, they just looked like they were having a blast. Cole Komet's hitting home runs in Wrigley. Man, that was probably a childhood dream of his, you know? It reminds me, just like watching these guys in the, the, the clips of them taking batting practice, it's like, oh, right, they're all outrageously good athletes. <laughs> right. Like, chiseled from <laughs> granite. I'm like, that's what they look like, like, compared to a baseball player. Like, Cole Komet is an enormous individual. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I don't know, just... But- they just like, they're all like Aaron Judge, right? You saw the picture of Aaron Judge and and uh, everybody's favorite first baseman on the Cubs, and how he <laughs> made Frank the Tank look like a tiny little person because Aaron Judge is just like a mountain of a man. Mm. But yeah, th- these guys are all amazing athletes. They're just screwing around and launching batting practice homers, mm-hmm. and they look like they're having so much fun. That's what I loved. It just seemed like a low, low pressure, just hanging out, building team chemistry thing and what what did the bears have with Nagy? club dub was that their you know i yeah the, the i'd like to see it. silliness yes that only was fun the first year honestly yes and the yes. stupid air raid horn and all these things that the, I, I guess i think the problem was if you were around that team a lot it sounds like, like some of the stuff that's come out with mitch and a rob maybe are the examples but a lot of phoniness and force yes camaraderie and just like trying it hopefully it's all more natural now mm-hmm. and i don't know that we can really say oh they had a, went to a baseball game and had fun but they managed to have fun at a 2022 cubs game that's saying something right <laughs> how dare you sir Sorry. yes no take <laughs> your shots man i couldn't, I couldn't resist You're right they're teed for up later. for you absolutely <laughs> i'll pay for that later nah it's what you well, okay here, I'll, I'll go ahead and burn myself back well you can't do that at a cardinals game because no fun allowed with the cardinals involved oh there, mm, there now mm. we're even yeah that's like comiskey park now too yeah anyway that's a whole other story too but yeah, oh gosh, we should get to that. The LaRusso intentional walk thing is too funny. <laughs> but the Bears, I don't know what to make of, this is the more serious point now. What does changing the culture in the football world mean besides, like, effort? Is that is that it? We hear mm. about it all the time. Flus mentioned it again this week. We're building the culture we want. We're building the culture we want. What does it mean? Like, I know that sounds kind of stupid because on the one hand, we all understand it to a point, but it, it was it that bad that they keep mentioning it. It just seems like such a low mm. bar to me. I see. So not maybe not what does it uh, intrinsically mean, but what does it specifically mean for this team because yes. of where they came from? What ah. does it mean on Sundays mm. in the fall? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they're more focused, less penalties. That would be nice. Trying Less. harder was trying hard at a problem last year. Besides a Rob, well, yes, the secondary had a bunch of mulligans and loafs. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That was a bad I'm not. I'm not saying I don't think it's a, a, a important thing to try to do. I'm just trying to figure out what it means in the yeah. context of this team because I don't think they're talented enough to win a ton, mm-hmm. and it almost is by design because they're they're sitting on the resources for next year. We all agree that that's the obvious plan here 
By the way, have you seen that there are still national people saying the Bears are going to win three games, four games? Yes. And maybe I, I just don't – I don't get it. Help me out with that. Well, they get a couple guys hurt. That could be pretty darn bad. But, but that the schedule's bad, bad too. Right? Worse than last year bad? But possibly. I, I mean, think... I think I think the roster on offense is an absolute disaster. <laughs> There's no starting right guard, Chris. They don't. They have one proven NFL offensive lineman. I'm not being a downer. I'm just being realistic. I think Barm and Jenkins can be really good, and I I think Patrick could be really good. I'm just saying in terms of if if you just want to do like a quick standard of experienced NFL offensive lineman, Cody Whitehair is the only one they have. New offense, second year QB, Mooney. Is the only established wide receiver. Pringles Jones looks like a really good pick. Pringles a stat. He's Pringles solid. He's a solid. He's not getting open according to people like Johns and the OTAs. Although I don't really know that one practice they can only see like one or two of those, so that's probably nothing. I don't know that he's established. He was never a starter. Based on the tape, though, that we've seen of him, his time in Kansas City, they're hard to evaluate because there's so many weapons there too. But I'm just saying, like the offense is once again on paper well below the league average totally yeah, I, reliant on a running game which might work and, and i think getsy's a big upgrade from naggy as a play caller and a scheme designer i don't think they win two or three games i'm just saying the, the idea that the bears look bad to national people i can see why no no, no i i can understand that i can see that, that. that's what way I'm, too low a win total but they're not a good team what i'm saying though or what i'm asking can they be can it be as bad as last year with an easier schedule and fields with a second year under i mean if you're going to say the bears are going to win three games then justin fields is yeah, three bad. Is crazy low yeah then justin was bad justin's bad if they're only yeah yeah with, with no that. i mean th- three is ridiculous but like five or six totally reasonable seven or eight totally reasonable 10 or 11, yeah. well, that's pretty homerish. Seven, you know what I'm saying? Didn't I pick Two or 10? three, okay, that's pretty ridiculous. Yes, like when you were eight and four at one point. Right. <laughs> then I was like, oh, crap. The, the good news oh, is the secondary will be much improved. The defense has way more established coaches behind it, mm-hmm. and they don't play near as many good QBs. Correct. And that's why I still land at like seven-ish, six-ish. Yeah, and that – that's but I think totally... it's gonna be one of those years where we're like, why can't the offense ever catch up to our defense? You know, I, and I just want that to flip around one of these years. That's like the last century, though. <laughs> I know, except for the Tressman era, which I don't really want to relive Ooh. that either. Ooh. But yeah, I mean, yeah. two or three is silly. But I, I still stand by the fact that there are some huge question marks on offense. Yeah, but and I wish there weren't. Like I just do. I'm not saying this is a playoff team. I'm not saying this is a 500 team. I'm just saying three wins. Four wins, come on. But yeah, if that is I mean, the case, then we got big problems. Because then Justin Fields is bad, and then we're back to square one. By the way, when do you think the calls for, uh, hey, let's see what this uh, Trevor Simeon guy can do with the, <laughs> you know, in preseason? Oh, uh, yeah. uh, man. <laughs> Immediately, on a certain contingent of fans. Yeah. Hey, while we're on the, the QBs, yes. one of the other things I really love, because, I'm again, I'm trying to be fair here, I, I think – there's a chance the Poles' flus regime is really good because they're not rushing and they're taking their time and they're evaluating guys and saving the cap money and not parting with a bunch of draft capital. And I, I loved the whole load up 
on draft picks late thing. Yes. Yes. Another thing I love, Justin Fields is getting almost all the reps. Mm. The other guys are getting like a throw or two. That's how it should be. That's how it should have been and last I, year. I continually go back to two things, the January 21 press conference and the training camp in 21 as two humongous off-season things that set the Bears up for spectacular failures. Yep. And, and the, the, the training camp just accomplishing nothing for their rookie quarterback is pretty criminal. Mm-hmm. On yep. that, I have a tweet about that. Ah, hit me. Okay, so you know the Bears blogger? Yes, who's been scary accurate. Yes. Sources, he's, he's accurate quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Carries himself kind of interestingly at times too, um, but he does give you some interesting nuggets from time to time. And one of the ones, was it yesterday or the day before, um, was this. Bears are pretty, let's see, when did he do this? June 8th. Bears are pretty locked down right now about two, but two things I keep being told are, it's a lockdown. There's not a lot getting out to it. One, Fields looks fully comfortable with the mechanical adjustments made. And and two, Flus has changed the energy and intensity dramatically. Then there a little while after that, there was the tweet about um, how, hang on, where is it? There it is. I I don't know why. I I guess I scrolled right past it. At any rate, um, run back Dave on Twitter said, Justin Fields is getting all the first, second, and third team reps. The backups are lucky to get one rep. Heard this on the latest Hogan Johns podcast. Blogger quote tweets it. Crazy enough, this conversation began in the interview process for both Poles and Eberflus. Hmm. George never got over Fields not getting a shot after that initial preseason game. Uh... And I'm like, George, you're you're right. You're right. (laughs) Wait a minute, George. Why didn't you do something about it last? You know, you can fire Nagy after the Browns game if you want. Yeah. So it's like one step forward, you know, that whole thing. But it, I thought that was a juicy nugget, if true. And uh, Fields getting almost all the reps is confirmed by a bunch of the beat guys. The blogger's the only one pointing out the interview process and all that stuff mm. based on his, you know, source or whoever it is. Yeah. But I thought that was a pretty interesting nugget. That is. Wow. And yeah, he's been. Uh... The Bears blog has uh, been remarkably accurate with uh, early stuff, early info like that. He's been right enough that I'm not dismissing anything he says. So another field-related thing is, I think it was Tuesday. Let's see, Wednesday was the day they lost their practice. So Tuesday, the defense had a good day and fields had a bad day. And the media was there. Remember when the media was there like a month ago and everybody lost their minds because fields had a bad day? Yeah. (laughs) Media's there, Fields had a bad day. Iberfus, in his comments to the media after practice, went out of his way to mention that Monday the offense had a great day and then Tuesday the defense bounced back. Mm. And then the question has been, oh, is he just saying that because media wasn't there for the good offense day? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... That, this uh... is the kind of insanity we're in in the offseason. Like, Oh, the coach is just saying that because we missed it, and he wants to make him look good. It's like, calm down. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not that big of a deal. I, mean, I, un- I understand that, but yeah, that's uh, correlation does practice. not equal causation. Yeah, we're talking about practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, playoffs. That's what I want to be talking about. <laughs> at 
I guess the other thing that came out of this to me is a, a stray John's comment that's made, gotten a lot of press on Twitter too that I feel like we should talk about. Okay. And that out of that cavalcade of wide receivers they signed for next to nothing um, in that position group, if Mooney's on the field, the ball is moving and Valus Jones looks pretty good, especially for a rookie. Yeah. You know, very impressed. By, and then nobody else is open. Hmm. And I'm like, is this cause for concern, or am I happy to hear that Bayless Jones is good? Well, that should be the number one thing. I mean, if he's yeah. getting open, if he if you drafted him where you did and hoping that he can be a weapon and he is getting open, that's a good yeah, thing. Good. Yeah. I guess my question there would is, is basically where's Pringle? I don't know. The rest of them I don't have any hopes for really anyway. I don't think there's any reason to get that worked up about the rest of them. So, yeah. But they need Brian, they need Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can't be two receivers deep. What was he, fourth on KC? Third, I think. Third? Mostly their slot guy, right? Well, if he, if he was third on KC and could get third open, fourth, then I don't see why you'd have trouble on the Bears being their third receiver. Yeah, so that's just kind of like okay, and then the then the follow up is was that's just because the secondary is playing well. You hope so, with how much they put in the secondary. Two but first, then first you don't have Kyler Gordon out there, and Eddie Jackson oh. wasn't at that practice either. Hmm. So you see what I mean? Like that's that it all feeds into my point, and it doesn't sound like this, I guess, with, when we're doing the recording of it all. But it's just hard to make a whole lot out of what we hear these couple months Mm. which is one reason why i haven't been recording all the time because you just end up like throwing your hands (laughs) up in the air and go i don't know what it means get back to me in august you know we don't want to do this show four times this summer yeah (laughs) yeah that's what i mean like i I hate that we had this big gap but like Mm -hmm. what are we given to really put a lot of analysis into oh let's do the roster again no please Another look at the draft. What about There's you? national stories. We could talk about that too. What you got national? Oh, you could. Uh, you want to mention Del Rio? There's the Del Rio comment. There's Deshaun Watson having another case against him. Oh boy. And one of the detectives saying that she was convinced he committed a crime. It's like, what happens in that situation? I mean, I know we have to let the legal process play out, wow. but my understanding was the Browns traded for him and then gave him the big money on this idea that there were no more complaints or going to be filed lawsuits going to be filed and then there's been more filed i don't think we would do anything with the trade but i wonder if that contract could go mm. can you imagine giving up three firsts for a guy who ends up like suspended forever practically or like a year or two or even in jail i mean i have no uh-huh. idea how this is going to play out with the legal proceedings i just this story is not going away then there's the new york times piece 66 different women masseuses in four years no not four years way less than that it's like 17 months sorry he's a regular ravi zacharias yeah like wow God, man that's like, a niche joke right there and joke. then yeah it sure is <laughs> and then yeah that's actually one of the first comparisons i thought of too oh no and then chris yes there's the story that the texans knew about some of this because he had ndas for these women to sign that people are thinking came from the team goodness this 
this story has been in the news forever. And it, I think we actually still tip of the iceberg stuff. Wow. And then Goodell got subpoenaed. I think he's about to have to testify on the, our old friend, John Gruden, just kidding. Not friend. I call that the Turkey hole, but John Gruden thing, like the, the league has some legal things going on and it's, and then there's the Daniel Snyder and the, and the ownership thing. Like, man, we're not even talking like players. We're talking owners and commissioners and mm-hmm. teams possibly knowing one team knowing about Watson. Like, I don't know. Like, here, have him sign an NDA to Sean. Do you think... Is that weird? I'm, I can't be the only one who's like, if that's true. Do you think this was known enough to the point that... Uh, a general manager for oh, let's just oh, say the Bears. That's the other question. May have known some of this, and that's why he didn't get a visit. That's why he, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't that, know. That would that would explain why Ryan Pace and the college. Bears. That, don't you agree? Wouldn't that explain why the Bears didn't look at him? I mean, it could, but they also just fell in love with Mitch. Hard to but, say. I but, mean, it would but, depend on if any of it was coming out of his time at Clemson at all. But th- but that's he could what play I mean. several years in the league before anything. None of us would know any of this if these women hadn't sued him. Yeah, but you know that there's always rumors and stuff leaking out before this stuff comes out. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's possible. I'm just that wouldn't surprise me at all if some of that was out there. And that's why the Bears are like, mm. I mean, I don't want to get into like the written descriptions in the New York Times article, but it's like it's it's definitely some of these are definitely like as i understand it assault like they're not just like yeah you know flirting and being obnoxious and asking them to do things they don't want to do there's more physicality than that i'll put it that way wow and like this is this story is not over That's and it would be the most I mean. browns thing ever to trade three first round picks <laughs> for guys then suspended for like two years or something well, it's if what you're saying is accurate, then jail has to be. Uh, well, the the grand about. jury didn't indict him, but can they revisit it now because there's another? If case? there's more, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a new case that could go to grand jury as well. Mm-hmm. As again, as I understand it, which is not fully because I'm not not a lawyer. So that is just like a huge national story in the NFL because this is supposed to be a playoff team with him playing. And this is a huge story because of the ramifications that are much farther than the field, how the league will address these issues, how it will hold players accountable, all the Daniel Snyder in Washington and all that whole story back a couple of years ago, that's now going to come to the surface or they're going to do everything they can to bury it, which includes the commissioner having to testify now. It's eventually like, this is a crazy, crazy off season on, on a bunch of levels. And you got the hold-ins. You've heard of this term? No. The players that aren't holding out, they're holding in. So, like, they'll go to stuff, but they're still unhappy and not going to play. But they'll go through, the, the like, the meetings and stuff like that so that if it gets worked out, they're up to speed. Interesting. That's what, that's what people think uh, is going on with Debo. Mm. Hey, can he hold out just for a week? That would be fine. <laughs> what, one game, Debo. <laughs> yeah so, yeah bringing it back to the bears i think the big question on stuff like what's next in the off season is going to be who's there next week mm-hmm. namely robert quinn 
there's been the rumor that he wants to be traded to a contender, which makes sense. But I think, you know, if he's there practicing, you'll be like, oh, maybe they worked it out. Or maybe the Bears said, yeah, just, just show up. We're, gonna, we're trying to figure out how to make it work for everybody. Or he could full-on no-show and be, you know, you start to think, oh, he's, he's really angling for that trade. Hmm. He said he doesn't want to, but they all say that. Yeah, I think it was – was it Fishbane or John? Somebody had a source saying that they – that, like, other teams thought Robert Quinn had demanded a trade or something. Hmm. But it was very nebulous. Like, it wasn't perfectly clear. I mean, he's – he said that when he got his Piccolo award. Mm. So, you know, that's obviously saying the right thing. Right. In that environment. And it could, could be, be true at the time. And then he thinks about his career later and he thinks, I don't want to play that long and I want to win or whatever. Maybe he's like, I love Chicago and I'm going to stay. I don't know. You got to think he's probably not a bear next year with that contract. Yeah. Agreed. That age and this GM. Mm-hmm. So trading him makes all the sense in the world with everything else they did this off season, but it, it makes you a yeah. worse team, which, you know, how much of it can you stomach? That it does. Yeah. That would be the kind of thing that I'd say, okay, now maybe we're sliding closer to five wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah. All right. Here's, here's some more, a funner question. Who's the most underrated player on the bears? The, the, you know, the guy that will have a good year that nobody's talking about. That we know of, right? Or can yeah, that's be... play, but not so, not a rookie. Not a rookie. Hmm. You can't pick Fields. Oh come on, man! Cole Komet. No, he Fields is your breakout guy. You, that'll be mm-hmm. Cole Komet is an interesting Komet. choice. Some of his numbers in the second half aren't bad. Mm-hmm. He had a decent amount of catches. The TD thing was weird and almost flukish. Very flukish. I'm gonna go Travis Gibson. Oh, Gibson. I'd be a okay with that. Seven and a half sacks, right? As a rotational player for the first part of the year, and then of course more reps once Mac was hurt. Mm-hmm. But he gets get the double digits. Yeah, I'd take yeah, that. I think, I think you can get the double digits. I think that would be marvelous, especially if you're trading quick. Okay, who you got? Best player on the team? Uh, well, I actually I think, think this one's easy. Uh, would you say Montgomery, Roquan? Oh, duh. Yes. You suck, Chris. I was thinking only offense. Ramon is the only other one in the conversation, right? (laughs) Yeah, Rokon has to be. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Agreed. He's sliding right into that, you know, that uh, pantheon of great Bears linebackers. Yes. Who's going to be their most impactful rookie or rookie of the year Bears edition? Ooh. It'd be nice if it was Velas Jones. They could use that. The punter. The punter, yeah, he's gonna get the love. Oh no, <laughs> mm. I would love it if it was Jones because that means you're scoring points, you're getting chunks of yards. That fun be... things are happening when you have the football, correct? Yes, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, that would be fun. Real quick, uh, tangent did you see that video of uh, I forget who it was against, but the Bears ran they were at the 10 yard line and ran four flyer patterns <laughs> into the end zone. <laughs> oh god i'm not an idiot what in the world so the, you can see the defenders like oh, oh okay all right <laughs> i mean sure run out of bounds go for it you know it's just it, it's worth repeating even though it's been done to death we, we've we've used naggy as a punching bag for good reason but he is a individual representing a group okay 
where are those offensive coaches now? That whole staff. Oh, uh, nowhere, right? We all like, yes, Lazer's calling plays. Bill Lazer's bad at that too. <laughs> Just maybe not as bad. So like none of them are promoted or in the same position that they were, as far as I'm aware of, in the NFL. Defensive-wise, you can you can point to a few that are still mm-hmm. doing what they were doing, you know, but the offensive staff is like nobody wanted to touch any of those guys. Yeah. That that should tell you something. Yeah. So the whole thing was bad. Like nobody in the building is like, hey, we should probably not do this. That that anyone play, calling plays would listen to, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that brings me to my last thought. Okay. The one thing that is the most difficult to evaluate about all of this with the 22 Bears that is also really important is the Getsy offense. There is a lot writing on this first time play yeah. caller. Yeah. But I also like what I'm hearing about the scheme and the things they say about fields and playing to his strengths and running and play action and all that stuff. And just like looking at how good he was on the move and then they never put him on the move last year. All hmm. of that changing, even on a bad team, will be more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Than the head scratching bad that we got. Even if it's rough around the edges and a work in progress, if I can see, okay, we need this position and we need that position, but that what we're doing makes sense. We just need better players to execute it. And this is definitely what fields should be doing, right? That will help tremendously, even if they're not winning a ton of games, because you got to think about the future Mm -hmm. with what polls is trying to do. And if you're expecting a contender out of the gate, regardless of what is officially said in a press conference, uh, I would caution you on that. Mm-hmm. but I, I just, the thing I'm most excited to see right now that we haven't seen is what this scheme looks like Yeah. against, you know, with pads on maybe preseason, we can get a little glimpse, but how much are they going to run? Yeah. They won't show a whole lot, yeah. but yeah. So I just want to make sure we mentioned that before we got out of here, because that's a that's huge a, deal yeah, and, great a, and point. a potential bright spot, even if it's not smooth right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And it can't be worse. It really can't be worse. I know Famous we said words, my friend. <laughs> I know we said that about uh, Dowell Logan's too. You know, and then we're pining for, yeah. Anyway, I'm never gonna pine for the Dowell Logan's offense. I, I, that still is pretty bad. Maggie's was bad too, though. Uh, I'll say this: if it's ever worse than that game plan against the Browns with this with that roster that the Bears had. I'm, I'm handing in the card, man. I'm just taking some time off. I'm, I'm done with football for a bit. If I watch an offensive game plan dumber than that Matt Nagy's Bears ran out there in Justin Fields' first start, I'm going to need a long timeout. <laughs> so I, I legitimately think you can't come up with a dumber game plan than that. Yeah. Like, you could have a monkey – point at plays and it would have made more sense than what they were doing in that game <laughs> i would pay to see that actually <laughs> like see curious george at like <laughs> at a table with yeah, just a know. bunch of pictures in front of him <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> like having point at the wallpaper in Nagy's basement <laughs> oh, speaking of stuff phenomenal. too stupid to believe i did forget there was one other story we had to talk about Hmm. I don't know how many of our listeners are Sox fans, but I'm sorry oh, that Tony yes. Larusa is ruining your season. But oh my gosh, cow. you go ahead. You've got the Sox fan in the house. I do. Yes. Uh, luckily, he's been, you know, 
spending more time on computer games <laughs> lately, but a wise choice. Yes. So uh, Tony Larusa, the White Sox are playing the uh, uh, Dodgers. The Dodgers. Yeah. Thank you. And you got a one and two count. Were, were there two outs? I think there were two outs. Um, so. Anyway. Tony and all of his the, wisdom, the whole point is the count is one and two. It's one and two. And Tony decides in all his wisdom, I think this is the time to intentionally walk him. That way we have runners on first and second and could get an easier force out. But one and two, your odds are pretty good of a strikeout at that point, my friend. Anyway, what, batters are like batting like 160 with two strikes. Like it's yeah, that's that's, that's the mathematical advantage to trump all the mathematical advantages he was trying to get out of the box. Yeah. And then and he, he doubled down on it. Oh my gosh, did. it was crazy. And he was wrong too. What he what he said when he doubled down, he was wrong about uh, the uh, the stats. For I can't even remember who it was. I flushed it out of my brain. Anyway, the next batter comes up, three run homer. Dodgers take the lead over the White Sox. We go on and swears at like the, the whole walking. Yeah, <laughs> made a meme of it and everything. That was awesome. And as the Cardinal fan, I can say this: I, despite the success that we have with Larusa, by the there were so many years where he had me pulling out my hair and so many decisions and some of the ways he used young people, his love for a utility guy who wouldn't just get to start. He'd bat lead off <coughs> Garcia, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And where you're like, what are we doing here? And like, I know there was obviously plenty of good results, but that was a lot of just super loaded rosters too. Yeah. Same in Oakland. His prime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to take away from what he did as a Cardinal manager, but I'm just saying I kind of wonder if he was overrated all along because there were so many baffling decisions all the time. Yeah. But that one that one might take the cake. I, I've never seen or heard of that before, and uh, wow. he's He is destroying a championship window for the White Sox. Yeah, if, and, if they can get healthy, they still are good enough for that to be legitimate contenders. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be in the way but they do have to get healthy like if they don't get Lynn back or they don't get the good version of him when he comes back right probably won't matter but if Jimenez is hurt like every five seconds I feel like Mm -hmm. but But if I were Rick Hahn the GM I would just fire LaRusso and then put all the pressure on Jerry Reinsdorf at that point to either say okay you're the GM national baseball guy I think he was a national guy somebody was tweeting out that you know like a blue check mark baseball Carol that that Reinsdorf fires LaRusso headline will never appear again mm. because of the success he went on to have, mm. obviously. And so the idea would be they'd have to figure out a way to work out him resigning, retiring, whatever. But you know, it's got to be killing Han. He put this roster together. Yes. Everybody loves so many good yes. players. That's what and I'm then saying. they forced this manager. And I remember when the, the, the like rumors hit last spring or fall, winter, whatever it was. I was like, no way. This makes no sense. They can't mm. possibly. Even a maverick, random owner like Reinsdorf, this is makes he's like he's my dad's age, you know. Like dad's not managing a baseball team anytime soon, and then sure enough, they did it. I I was just stunned. Stunning. That's the best word for it. And then he does the walk thing, and then now it's like, and now he's a national embarrassment. And my point is, this is the one kind of incident that you could see getting enough of a groundswell going to where they might work out something where he just rides off except for he's so stubborn mm-hmm. but yeah. you know rick Hahn wants to do it you gotta of know course of course he of does there. the players want him to do it how do the players i mean the players can't be like oh yeah it's a baseball didn't, he, didn't he anger like 
who did he anger right off the bat last year? It was kind of like a, a boomer comment. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, he didn't. Uh, but he was like really early in his tenure, so there did nothing happened. I don't know. Anderson, maybe? Was it Tim Anderson? It might have been. Oh. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah well hey is that a good place to wrap it up i know you gotta get going yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah chicago sports are just an adventure man. it's, it's just, beautiful it's beautiful it's, my friend i'll send you a pic from wrigley in the bleachers okay we week, can uh, so, we, yeah. we'll tweet, tweet it out yes absolutely. who are they playing that day san diego seven oh that's right my favorite team second favorite right. team I forgot <laughs> <already>. <laughs> night game seven o'clock hoping i'm hoping my sons get the full experience of wrigley bleachers including someone almost puking on them that's really okay. you want you know. beer dumped on them and <laughs> or is that exactly in the almost category yeah yeah well all of the above okay we'll take the yeah, video of it all so all, all right, right. Take hey us uh, out of here all right yeah yeah thank you everyone for listening uh to this episode of barely educated uh, thanks for understanding the long gap between episodes as we, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about in the, this point of the year, but uh, we're always thinking about our beloved bears and uh, what we hope to see this coming season. Uh, find us on Twitter. We are at barely underscore educated. You can also tag that on to buy me a coffee to check out our website. And uh, anytime there's bears news, we will be here to discuss our favorite beloved team. Until then, take care and bear down. Eat the pizza. I'm not an idiot. What? You suck, Chris. What? Sorry, Chris. I'm a terrible person. I don't care. What's wrong with you people? I love the bears. What? I love the bears.